We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew Lane, how are we feeling today, my friend? I am doing great because it's a great night to be a fan of the world, the two-time world champion Kansas City Chiefs. It's also a great night to talk about the upcoming free agency in the NFL. And since we are who we are, we're going to go through every single position in the entire NFL for possible players and free agents, backup quarterback, running back, fullbacks. I'm digging into the fullbacks. We are going through every single position because we decided, we decided to do every position today instead of splitting it into two shows. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about what Lamar Jackson can bring to the Chiefs for upwards of 20 minutes. Just up front at the top of the show. Like, can you imagine you bring him in in, you train him up you get him okay. to actually throw and then let's think of this out. dual let's think of it from the perspective of a dual quarterback system and what the kind of terrors that it would bring towards defensive coordinators and then we're going to break down from the defensive side how you would defend that dual quarterback system and in case another just, team does it we got to oh, know how yeah. to do that you got to talk <laughs> about the players that you would the players you would bring in to defend a two quarterback system versus the mm-hmm. players you would bring in to defend an outdated single quarterback and luckily, luckily, we're going to be able to throw to the Houston Texans game earlier this year to kind of really get an idea of what the dual quarterback system looks like. But we're going to obviously ratchet it up to uh, include if anybody can't tell how sarcastic we're being right now. There's somebody coming in for the first look, time. Look, <laughs> look, look, uh, the legal tampering pe- uh, period begins on Monday. And you guys, if you don't shut up. We we might go all the way into the legal tampering period. It's not my Let's choice. You're the one that you're the one that wanted to talk about all these players together. 
I, God forbid I have some belief that the Chiefs are going to make some moves between now and Monday <laughs> when we do a show again. No chance. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the potential moves that they can make on Monday and all things free agency. And this is just kind of our, you know, little primer before things get real, real heated, uh, you know, next week, the, the next time we talk. So, uh, I'm, and I'm sure there's going to be some, some action that happens for us to react to Matthew. So we don't split up offense and defense and defense doesn't matter. Anyway, Patrick LeVon, oh, Mahomes yeah. scores Listen, it might have to matter if they don't have any offensive tackles. <laughs> Let's I think, honestly, I think, I think tackles probably the place to start. I, I we're not going to go position by position in, in some kind of order. I oh, think yes, ta- I, tackles the biggest priority <laughs> tackles, the biggest priority here. We can start um, that. I, Let's- that's definitely the the biggest discussion. And, you know, like we've kind of thrown around a lot of scenarios as we're racking our brains about how the Chiefs are going to approach fixing the tackle position. We have scoured the free agency list at tackle. We might have scoured the free agency at list of, of guards to see if any of them might be able to play tackle because this is a just, it's a, it's a, it's a dry market, which I mean, look, Orlando, like, first off, Orlando Brown's getting paid more than he was going to get paid for the Kansas City Chiefs, correct, Matthew? I mean, I imagine that Orlando Brown Jr. is going to get the bag. It sounds like things are trending in the direction of him getting a lot of money. He's entering an offensive tackle class, a specifically left tackle class that doesn't have any competition for him to be the top guy. The only competition, it's not real, is just on the right side. That's an entirely different position. I think the one question you run into, the one question you run into here is, does every team think he's a left tackle? Or are there only a few teams that do? And are the Chiefs one of them? Because that could impact his his money a little bit. I just listened to Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, listening to some of the reports coming out. He's questing for a lot of money, and it sounds like there's at least somebody interested in paying him that. And at the end of the day, somebody will pay him more than the Chiefs are going to, because I don't think that's a high bar. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I don't get the impression that the Chiefs were coming to the table with a similar offer. We talked about Orlando Brown Jr. kind of at length and the way that the Chiefs handled that and all of that earlier, you know, at this week. So if you're interested in all of that conversation, tune in to Monday's show there. Go back and listen to it. I, at this point, there's not a really good other option that's on the table. Like people are throwing out, you know, David Bakhtiari at this point, and he's, he's not even he, technically available. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but like there, he might end up on the market here. And that's a guy that, yes, he has had some good seasons, but clearly in the twilight of his career here. So if you are looking for a young left tackle to fill Orlando Brown jr. Is it like, I know the chiefs just let him walk for no compensation here, but he is the guy and is the very top of the market. He's probably a top five or 10 free agent in this class with after everybody's tagged. So he's going to get the bag. He's going to get a lot of money. And so that kind of moves us on to the next round. The rest of the tackles here are mostly right tackles. <laughs> you would want to hang your hat on. So, you know, you've got... You got Jawan Taylor. You got guys like uh, you know uh, Mike McClinchy over there, Caleb Ooh. McCary. These guys yeah. that are younger, but you know not guys that you're really genuinely excited about. I know Maddie's a little bit excited about Jawan Taylor, but I'd be excited about Taylor. Well, you let's, are let's, excited about Taylor. Let's dive into that. Yeah. Let, well, let's dive into this because I think if you're looking at scenarios, like first off, we might spend a little bit more time on tackle than other positions because tackle is. 
And buddy, we got every position to cover, so stop it. (laughs) I look, I we've been racking our brains for scenarios with the tackle position, and I think you kind of have to look at them both together collectively. Matthew Lane is very much interested in this following scenario, which I will allow him to talk about. Please keep your answer to under five minutes. No chance. Um, so we said this earlier this week that yeah, I think it was brought up that what if the Chiefs go and pay a right tackle and try to figure out left tackle later or just emphasize right tackle? And I think we all kind of brushed it away. As, That's not the Andy Reid thing to do. And it's not. it's not. It traditionally is not. However, they kind of ass backwards slid their way into that with Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle. He was clearly the better tackle between him and Eric Fisher. And it worked really, really well. So I'm not saying that's the route they're going to go, and I'm not saying there's a Mitchell Schwartz available, but they have seen having a better right tackle and then just a competent left tackle, or good, Eric Fisher was good, a good left tackle work where the right tackle, though, was clearly better. Can they try that again? Is that a route they'd be interested in? And if you're going to do that, the draft is loaded with some right tackles. There's right tackle options in the draft, but if you look in free agency, there's a couple guys that can play right tackle that are available in free agency, and none of them are going to break the bank. They're not cheap, but they won't break the bank. I think the one that would make the most sense would be Jawan Taylor from the Jacksonville Jaguars. 25 years old, six foot five, 312 pounds, 35 inch arms. That you hear that sound? That's Andy yeah, and Andy that's Hett getting real excited right there. Okay. <laughs> that's them getting excited. He's a and now here's where it gets better. He's a good pass protector. He's clearly a better pass protector than run blocker. His run blocking is where he struggles the most. So you get a good pass protector that the Jaguars already left one-on-one in plenty of scenarios against Joey Bosa, against Khalil Mack in high leverage playoff games. And he fared just fine in pass pro. It's a guy that's worth 15, 16 million dollars. I know it's the right side, not the left. I know you still have to figure out a left tackle but you would have it fixed. Right tackle would be fixed for the next three, four, five years, however long that contract is. You can now go into the draft. The entire emphasis can be on just the left side and your other holes. I can see that path being the smartest way to fix the tackle position overall. Now, it's not just right tackle. There's a couple left tackles that I intentionally let off because they're a little bit older and one of them got cut already. The other one might end up getting cut. The one that got cut already, Donovan Smith out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has been cut since the last time that we did one of these. Guy that's 30. He's also not been particularly great as of late. He was good there for a little while, you know, a couple of years ago, two, three, four years ago. But the last couple of years have been kind of brutal for him tampa bay buccaneers owed him a lot of money clearly ready to move on from him and then there's also tyron smith from the dallas cowboys tyron smith when he's on the field and healthy is a really good offensive tackle really good left tackle arguably knocking on the door of top five brandon thorne when he does his rankings he typically has tyron smith up there with the caveat of listen i know that he's rarely healthy and rarely available, but that is a guy that we can kind of count on to play at a ridiculously high level. It looks like the Dallas Cowboys are going to be moving on from him or figuring out something with him at some point here. Is <laughs> uh, we lost? I think we lost Craig's audio too. Uh, but but those not watching, his video camera <laughs> is acting like Tyron Smith's back. 
when he tries to take a football field. Like, that's what was going on there. It's a visual. It's a visual thing. Hit the like button though. Hit the subscribe button though if you're watching. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Craig will be back very very quickly. I am sure. Uh, he's just dealing with another little technical difficulty there. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. Hashtag Craig is great. Is but he I okay? Do, I, is Craig, he okay? He's okay and he's great. Okay. Um, I do. You know. Kind of going back to what you were talking about a little bit, though, you know, with the right tackle situation. So, you know, what is the asset? Like, what's the asset you invest in the draft at left tackle? Because, like, the scenario we kind of played through with Jawan Taylor was, all right, they go draft Jawan Taylor, or they're not draft. They go sign Jawan Taylor, 15, 16, $17 million APY. And by the way, the, the Donovan Smith scenario that's probably a very similar APY for a Donovan Smith, believe it or not. That's what the left tackle market looks like for a guy like Donovan Smith, which I'm really not particularly interested in paying. I'd rather pay Jawan Taylor to his point. But what kind of draft asset are you in? Are you, you know, are you going all in to address the left tackle position if you just go out and, and lock your right tackle up and call it good? Or like, what's your line there for the left tackle position when it comes to draft assets now, Matthew? So if I think if you go get Jawan Taylor to come play right tackle, you come get a good right tackle that's probably still ascending. I don't think you plan on going into the draft with the idea to unload a bunch of capital to go up and get a left tackle. If a left tackle falls to the mid-20s and you want to trade up using a third, fourth round pick, whatever, to go get them, please have at it. But I don't think you feel pressured to trade two ones to go get up in the teens to go get your tackle because you're investing. You already have one tackle taken care of. You can sit back. Maybe that's Darnell Wright and you see if he can play left tackle uh, at the NFL level. Maybe Anton Harrison, who maybe isn't as loved by the NFL, is I think he is some sections of Twitter uh, draft world. Maybe he's Kevin Jenkins, baby, all over again. Maybe he's Same there state. at 31. But it's just, I think that you have avenues to get, if you have a right tackle locked in, there's less pressure. There's less pressure to go all in on one position. If you can use the money, the chiefs have money, spend it on something, go spend it on something. Why not fix one of the four biggest holes on this team, which is right tackle. And we'll get into kind of the allocate, by the way, I'm okay for the audio listeners. Kit did not establish that I was okay when I returned. So I am okay. Um, I, I'm not going to get into some of the permutations, the left tackle and using that capital and all that in the draft. I don't, we'll have plenty of time to get to that, but I want to address kind of what Maddie's saying there. If you can allow Jawan Taylor to play on the right, sit on the right, you don't have to offer chip help there. The chiefs are perfectly fine offering chip help to one of their tackles. And a lot of times over the past couple of years, it has been Andrew Wiley, which is why when Orlando Brown Jr. did not play well, it was so stark and apparent. Then the Chiefs had to start offering more help to both of those guys, especially against elite rushers. Good teams do that too. Good tackles need help sometimes too. But if you've got a guy that you can trust on the edge that can handle most secondary rushers i'd say that although you know lots of pass rushers play both sides then you can kind of focus on trying to take away and trying to help out that one guy the chiefs have a good enough interior that they can allow individual one-on-one -on -one matchups on the interior and you can get away with offering chip help to one side the problem is when you're having to offer it to both that's when things get really really dicey there so i can understand his pathway to that 
I have a different methodology that I'd like to hit, but we got plenty of time before the draft to kind of dive into that all that. One just other quick thought, if the Chiefs do try to go the right tackle route when they're addressing their offensive line, there are worse people to have your left tackle lined up next to than Joe Tooney. I think that's mm-hmm. actually, you know, if you're looking at logically, like I'd rather have not, not, this is not a knock on Trey Smith, even in the slightest Joe Tooney's just a little bit more of experienced player. He's got experience playing, you know, out on, on the tackle position. I think that's a really strong guy that you would, wouldn't hate having kind of lining up next to, you know, your rookie left tackle. So if they do elect to kind of go that route, I don't hate that kind of just logic either. If you're even thinking about incorporating it, one other popular discussion, um, I think I think Nate Tice even talked about a little bit today on on the social media is, uh, you know, Yash Nijman, uh out of uh, Green Bay. He's a guy that's got a little bit of swing tackle uh, background. He's played on the left side for a, a sample size. He's played on the right side for a sample size. Um, he's he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, there's some people talking about him here too. He might get a a, a restricted free agent tender. Uh, that could force the Chiefs to surrender some level of compensation, a second-round pick, a first-round pick. Um, I guess we'll, just real quick, though, Maddie, do you think Yash Nijman is an answer at either tackle position, and is he worth giving up the draft capital? I don't. I think I think he's the definition of a stopgap, and if you're getting a stopgap, why am I also offering up a second-round pick for the right to pay the stopgap? Um I put it this way. David Bakhtiari is barely able to play in the football field. And I think that Green Bay sees him as healthy going forward, but he's still barely able to play. And if they just put a second round tender on Yash Nijman and then start a day three second year player in Zach Tom at right tackle, and then are trusting David Bakhtiari, who's been as healthy as Tyron Smith the last few years at left tackle, they really don't think that highly of Yash Nijman. They see him as a swing tackle. They see him as a high end sixth offensive lineman. Why am I trading a second round pick for a sixth offensive lineman to attempt to let him start at left tackle and protect the best player in the NFL? If he was an actual, just pure raw free agent and you could sign him on a bargain, then we're having a conversation. If they slap a second round tender on him though, I just don't see any chance I would want to part with 63 and pay him that kind of money to be, you know, a temporary player at the position. Yeah, and I, my only counter argument to that is you're not going to find, likely not going to find a left tackle at that pick that is going to be able to play at the level that Yash Nijman is probably going to play. Historically, you cannot. Most guys that are drafted after pick 50 are not good left tackles and don't see the field very often. We are seeing fewer and farther between as of late, and the only tackle as of late that has been drafted after pick 50 that has made a pro bowl, even become a good player an above average player is the guy that the chiefs just let hit the free market in Orlando Brown. Trip Brown never made a pro bowl. Trip Brown in recent history. I'm talking like last decade. Trip Brown's been around for longer than a decade. Okay. Okay. Uh, There's one. Jason Peters would be in that mix too as a UDFA. Yeah. There is another option. Uh, the Jets are trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. I think we all, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Makai Becton seems to be very much on the way out for the Jets. Now, if the picture that's come out that has showed him to be in very good, very good shape is there, maybe this isn't an option. But it sounds like the Jets and Becton are kind of done. If he's in shape, needs a new change of scenery. 
and the Jets want to recoup some draft capital they trade away for Aaron Rodgers. He is one trade option that seems viable. I don't think there's a good trade market for left tackles in the NFL since every other team needs them. But Makai Becton is one guy that maybe makes sense. Now, I don't think you feel like you fix the position if you get a Becton. Who knows if he's going to play more than one game? You know nothing about what he's going to provide. I just think he's a name worth keeping an eye on. It's interesting that all of a sudden these pictures of him being in shape are popping mm. up right now. Like, right. That's just interesting. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. Let's move on from the offensive tackle a little bit. And I, we're Okay, gonna... offensive guard. No, shut up. Well, Nick Allegretti's a free agent, though. Don't they need to replace their most key backup offensive lineman that can play three positions? Yes, they do. Moving on. Uh, that's done with guard. I, I want to talk about the wide receiver position a little bit here. Um, we can talk, we can throw some guard stuff out later. Strong okay. onto my own show. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I look at the wide receiver position and like, that's when we're looking at breadcrumbs or answers that we have about this chief's offseason. we've got some clarity and to some degree on the direction that this team's probably going at tackle all indications. The chiefs aren't going to be able to afford Orlando Brown jr. He's going to get paid elsewhere. Cool. All right. Check box moving on. Wide receiver. James Palmer spends some time tweeting out this week. There's a lot of belief that the Chiefs are more less going to run it back at the wide receiver See? position. They have high hopes for Kadarius Tony at, at, at becoming the receiver one, staying healthy, even though they're fully aware of the injury issues. Steps for Sky Moore. Uh, Travis Kelsey back. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster back in the mix as well. So. I, I want to ask this question to start off. Let's talk about a three-year deal APY, average annual per year. What is the number we feel happy 
or okay with Juju Smith-Schuster on... It doesn't even have to be a three-year deal. Just APY on Juju Smith-Schuster's next deal. What do you... What, like, where are you happy, Matthew? What What's the number you're happy at? Well, let me counter you with some information from Joel Corey, who released an article saying that mm-hmm. if he was an agent for certain offensive free agents, this is what he would ask for. Not what they would get, what he would ask for. He would ask for three years... 47 and a quarter million dollars, which is comes out to 15 and three quarter, sorry, 15.75 million dollars per year, 31 and a half fully guaranteed. That's a hard no for me, dog. Yep. No chance am I paying that much money for a guy that has not been able to play a full season for almost half a decade now. For a guy that, like, I don't know how you go into a year expecting him to be able to play the whole thing and you're going to say that I'm going to pay him almost 16 million dollars for that year. That's a hard pass. This isn't even looking at getting into issues of, I love Juju Smith-Schuster, the player. I don't know if I love Juju Smith-Schuster, the player, as the second option with Travis Kelsey since they do the exact same thing. It's not a three-level threat. The dynamic ability of him as a receiver isn't really there. So like, I already have some questions about him as a player, and then we're going into the durability issues. So if that's what's being asked for, if that's anywhere close, that's a hard no. I feel comfortable maxing out over three years, if we're going to guarantee half of the contract, that seems reasonable. I, $10 million per year if half of the whole contract is going to be guaranteed. That, that's about where I feel good at a max. It's it's rough. If Juju had played a whole year and was pretty healthy throughout the year, I think you feel confident. Even with a similar stat line, you feel pretty confident. It's the lack of availability that just gives you a little bit of pause there, especially when you look at the rest of the Chiefs wide receiver room. Now, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was not like particularly injured or anything like that. He was able to play through it. His is more of a consistency issue. But you got Kadarius Tony, who the Chiefs reportedly view as a wide receiver one. That's according to James Palmer, who two out of every five games struggles to you know stay healthy. His body can't quite keep up with how fast of a human he is. Unfortunately, that's that's explosive. Just, and yeah, yeah, that really sucks for him. But that's kind of the the long and the short of it. And then you got Sky Moore over there who couldn't get on the field very often as as a rookie. Now, obviously, you hope for growth there, and you hope that Kadarius Tony is going to be healthy, but throwing bigger money at a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who may or may not be readily available, is rough. Like, that hurts your ability to do other things and to make other moves as a team and add to your team. I like Juju. I think Juju fits well within this offense. I think he offers a lot to this offense. Problem is, if you have a number of health questions, if you don't know if that guy's going to be able to be on the field because he has struggled so much to be on the field over the past several years, why are you giving him you know, upwards of $13, $14, 15000000 million to come in and take up that cap space if he can't stay on the field? I'm not excited about going too extravagantly with Juju Smith-Schuster to maintain status quo with this receiver group. But there is just does seem to be some buzz about the Chiefs maintaining some level of status quo with the receiving group. Sure. And I'll be honest with you. When I look at, like, I agree that wide receiver could be upgraded. I agree. Like, they, they need to they upgrade tackle or they need to figure tackle out at a competent level. They need to improve the edge position. Uh, they need additional defensive tackles if they go status quo with wide receiver to make sure that they can adjust address other issues on this roster i'm going to get it 
their belief in their development of their guys. They're going to have a better pulse on the Skyboards and the Kadarius Tonys and managing all this stuff. I get that. I if, if you're talking about maintaining the status quo to some degree of all the positions we're discussing, I get why they would at receiver. Am I overly excited about that? Not really. But I'm going to understand it. I just don't know. It, it, the number for Juju is what's going to be very interesting for me if he does ultimately come back. And I, I'll, I will ask you this real quick, Maddie, before we kind of move on. One receiver that you'd like to see the Chiefs add outside of Juju Smith-Schuster. One, buddy. There's a whole lot of receivers we about to talk about. I try to say one. <laughs> so first, you want to you talk a lot about this prolonging Travis Kelsey's lifespan in the NFL does not consist of running it back with three got two of your four receivers on the team being able to play every other game. That's a terrible plan to prolong I, the life look, of Travis Kelsey. I don't disagree, but I, they're they're backed into a corner with a few other positions too. It feels like. So I just, that's a crazy plan. Okay. So <laughs> the one thing that you have going against Ju, or against Juju Smith Schuster to not get that much money, there's a fair amount of guys that do what he does. Jacoby Myers, similar type of player wins in similar areas, probably expensive, but still same type of player. Robert Woods just made $16 million last year and then was cut. Similar player does a lot of the exact same stuff. What does he want now? He's coming off of an injured year and then a down year. So maybe he's a little cheaper than Juju or around the same price to do the same thing. Adam Thielen just cut again, another guy that, so there's a handful of guys that do the same stuff of Ju as Juju. If you want that type of wide receiver and Juju Smith Schuster's getting $15 million offers, maybe you do have some other options to kind of play in that same general role going forward. I mean, you got a guy like, you know, DJ Chark, you've got guys that just, you know, are going are gonna to be kind of floating around the, the league a little bit that can contribute a little bit. And again, if you're looking for a one-year deal, and I think that that's kind of the, the key here because I don't think that this team wants to give Juju Smith-Schuster a multi-year deal because of the health and injuries and everything like that. So if you're looking for a one-year deal, you're trying to now find guys that can fit in there, and that expands things a little bit. I know that Brett Veach does not like signing anybody over the age of 28. He just doesn't. doesn't like that at all. But Marvin Jones is out there. Yeah, he doesn't have a ton of juice anymore, but he's still a good enough wide receiver to kind of fill in some of that stuff. I am not a big Jarvis Landry fan. Jarvis Landry can be a possession receiver for this team. There are lots of guys like that in that vein that can come to the table, bring a little bit there. I, I don't know that we're not going to see maybe some tertiary pieces added where you're going to see maybe a guy like Paris Campbell that we mm. you know, reportedly heard that the Chiefs liked a little bit in that draft and eventually went with McCall Hardman. The smart choice by the Chiefs of those two players, but... Maybe a guy like Paris Campbell take the top off the defense a little bit. Maybe they like a guy like that. Maybe, and this is a real big far-fetched thing, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster's injury history. Guy like Odell Beckham that's really trying to work himself back in is getting ready to have a pro day. Maybe they're interested in a guy like that. We've heard his name linked to the Chiefs a lot. I don't know if they want to get aboard that train, get aboard whatever he's going to be bringing to the table, but a guy that could fit in as a one-year player to try and add something to this offense. Paris Campbell would fit right in with the injury concerns as well. It would. I'm very surprised Maddie hasn't brought up his guy yet, though, because he literally it's was coming. tweeting about him. All right, just go. This, I, I'm just surprised. 
That you did, because I, I was talking about a type of receiver. If we're just opening the entire board up here, listen, <laughs> there's one wide receiver. Like, this isn't a good wide receiver for agency class. It's not a good wide receiver draft class. Like, it's not loaded with wide receivers. But if you wanted me to dig through the hay and find the needle in this haystack of a wide receiver that I think has been undervalued or not shown the everything he can be, Darius Slate, another New York Giants wide receiver. He's six foot one, 195 pounds with legitimate deep speed. That's what he's been with the Giants. A deep speed, a deep ver- vertical threat, an over the top kind of player, maybe provide some yards after catch, right? That's all he's done. One, the Chiefs offense is pretty good with those types of players. They do a pretty good job of deep threats that just kind of create yak. But I think Darius Slayton has a little bit more. You watch him run routes. There's some fluidity to him stuff. He has an idea of how to release off the line of scrimmage. It's just been inconsistent. So here's a guy that all these projections have him making no more than $5 million a year. You want to tell me you can give me a Darius Slayton, six foot one, four, three speed, 40 guy. That's been a proven vertical threat with that kind of ability on a $5 million per year contract. Give me that all day. Worst case scenario by next year, he replaces MVS and is just a vertical threat with a little bit of size that can play the ball at the, you know, a contested catch point. A worst case scenario, he takes that role. Best case. Oh, look, this guy's hips actually move. He can do more than just run a vertical route tree. You know what I mean? So I just see a very low risk at $5 million for Darius Slayton. I do think there is potential for him to get maybe not a wide receiver one, but to get to be a legitimate wide receiver two because he can attack all three levels. So Darius Slayton would be the first wide receiver I would call if I'm the Chiefs. I don't know if the Giants could let him go, though. That wide receiver room is so bad. Yeah, no, you're 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 right. Um, I and I can see the Chiefs addressing the receiver position in the draft in some capacity as well. Speaking of draft, the KCSN draft guide is available now for pre-order. If you're watching this, you can get the KCSN draft guide, which is 300-ish pages of Chiefs-specific draft content, uh, and three months to the KCSN Substack when you uh, pre-order for $12.99. There's a link in the description of the show where you can go ahead and pre-order. Uh, if you're listening on on an audio platform after we go live, it's available for you to pre-order. The link's right there as well. Uh, but you can get it for $12.99. And yeah, you'll get 225-plus write-ups on prospects, how they fit the Chiefs. Features, some Super Bowl-specific features because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, oh yeah, we keep reminding ourselves that while we pull our hair out during free agency. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. 
Edge is the other big position. Whoa! You know, like, nope. We Stop. just skipped right past all of offense. No. What look, is happening? I, we Jared can get, McKinnon's a free agent. There's we one can, running back on the roster. We don't have. We can get to some of these tertiary thing, like like Craig's favorite word, tertiary, in a speed hey. round at the end. But let's focus on the important positions. We're gonna get off of offense, here. go to defense, and come back to offense. Yes, and tertiary. It'll be a big. It'll be. It'll be a big. Just like note notebook dump at the end. But let's talk When's about punter the big position. It's not. They're signing Tommy on a restricted tender. Probably. That's not breaking news. We're gonna have to ask okay, switching positions news on this. We're going to go to edge sides of the because ball. the chiefs just got rid of Frank Clark to get under the cap. They have Mike Dana. They have George Karloftis. They have Malik Herring and they have Josh Kando. That is not a, that is not like no offense. That is not enough at the edge position. Feels like they probably need they need to add it in a big way. They've got big issues at tackle they got to address. Free agency seems like a pretty logical place for them to go and address the defensive end position, Matthew. Yeah. Um, so this is this your same pitch from four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, or last year? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure which year this sales pitch is from. Uh so I get it. The Chiefs have kind of skimped by on the defensive end room, despite the fact us always talking about how important it is. And it's always been fine. Like it's never been an actual Achilles heel. But here's the thing over that entire time, they have had Frank Clark, which despite what we all think, you know, as fans as a whole thought of Frank Clark, he ate snaps, he played the run well. And when it really mattered, he pass rushed at least at an average, if not better level, depending on the game. That's not there. That's completely gone now. He might come back. I would actually be surprised if he's not back in the Chiefs uniform to start the year. But right now, that's gone. You could use another defensive end just in case he doesn't come back. So what are you doing? Are you going out there and signing a speed rusher like Leonard Floyd? Decent money, probably. But he's a good speed rusher. 30 sacks over the past three seasons. Are you going to stick to the Steve Spagnuolo type and get Marcus Davenport? I'm sure Brett Veach would like it. Ex-first round pick. Never lived up to the potential, a lot of potential traits. But again, these two guys are going to cost a fair amount of money when you have no offensive tackles, when your wide receiver one that's returning might want $15.75 million at APY. So like, how much money do we think they can actually spend on defensive end if we've succumbed to the fact that they're going to have to spend their round one pick on an offensive tackle? I mean, in reality, defensive end one's already on the roster. Uh, that's Chris Jones. We're bringing it back. Running it back from two years oh, ago, no. Chris Jones is. Oh, don't wait, no. don't that's use the words "run it back again." As long as Derrick Henry is off the Titans, I think this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chris catching a stray on here too. Um, no, I, I they clearly have to add to it. Mike Dana, George Karloftis, those guys are good, nice defensive end to rotational type pieces. Uh, Mike Dana, especially as the kind of dime guy that kicks inside that can play next to Chris makes a ton of sense there, but they need a guy that can be a three down player that can kind of lead the group. It would be nice if he's a veteran. It's why we've kind of alluded to the fact that, Hey, maybe, maybe Frank Clark, if he's still around in July, the chiefs are making that trade or not trade, but making that addition again, just because he's going to add a lot to the room. We've seen him do it all. You know, often Carlos Dunlap was that guy last year. It makes sense. After that, like you got to spend a little bit to get a guy that you can count on to be a consistent 
three down guy. And if you are going to bring in another young player, another rookie player, maybe that's what you spend your second round draft pick, a guy with a little bit of upside, or maybe a guy that's been more of a run stuffer, but you're going to try and develop the pass rush moves. If you're going to go with that, you need somebody that you can count on to be there, snap in and snap out. Because if you don't, Chris Jones is just going to get double and triple teamed to hell, basically. And all of a sudden, your defensive line just kind of tanks. So you need an impact player there. I'm looking at Leonard Floyd. I really am because he's had nine sacks the past three seasons. He's been pretty damn good for that team. Looks like he's going to be hitting the market. Another guy that may end up hitting the market here, Zadarius Smith said goodbye to Minnesota today. <laughs> Absolutely said goodbye to them. He was on his first year of his three-year deal. It remains to be seen what's going to happen there. He, you know, he kind of marches the beat of his own drum. I don't know if the Chiefs will be interested in a guy like that. I don't know that he's going to be the best for a young locker room, but certainly a guy that could show up, be a three-down defensive end. I do think that the Chiefs will play in this market a little bit, especially towards the back end. There's a lot of Younger guys that maybe haven't panned out as much. Clellan Farrell is on the market. I know that doesn't excite anybody, but you know if they're taking stabs at these day three edges trying to get guys that are fitting, why not take a stab at a guy that you maybe liked a few drafts ago as a rotational piece? I could see them adding a couple guys near the bottom of the roster, but they have to do something at the top of the roster, at least one guy at the very least, so that you can feel a little bit more comfortable with your rotation. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So this is here's something interesting I want to talk about because like Marcus Davenport is such a like interesting. It's an, it's not an interesting player where like I think he's like this ginormous impact player. He had half a sack last year, half a sack. Cullen Farrell had more last year. <laughs> <laughs> he had nine the year prior. I know. What is his market going to look like? <laughs> because if you're looking a at lot. like, a, that's what I'm so, that's what I'm interested in. Because if you're looking at like measurables, that's a Steve Spagnolo defensive end more than a Leonard Floyd is. And I think actually more than a Zadarius Smith is too. So I feel like Davenport's a guy they're probably looking at and a guy that can play the run a little bit here. The pass rush productivity absolutely tanked the last year with the saints. I don't know what his market is. And I'm just, I'm just, I, what do we think it's going to look like for a guy that had half a sack his, his, his contract year? I mean, do I feel great about it? No, because I feel like Marcus Davenport is a player that made highlights over running over five foot two running backs and then went to the NFL in the first round based on that and never lived up to that potential. That said, He's 270 pounds. He's strong. He's long. He's explosive. He could come in and do what the Chiefs want out of their defensive ends. Stop the run and not rush the passer well. Like, he could come <laughs> do that just fine in Kansas City, right? Um, so, I, I'm not against it. I think there's a wide range of his market value. Uh, it's like spot rack, and I think over the cap, have him pretty high. Whereas if you go look at PFF with uh, PFF Brad, he has him a lot more of like a one-year, 10 to $12 million prove-it kind of deal. Those are wild, like, and it's like 20 plus million elsewhere. It's like, those are big gaps in what he's getting paid. It is a prove it deal around $10 million. 
I can live with it. I don't love it. I can live with it. There's potential there. He it would be better than any defensive end they have brought in since making the Frank Clark trade. Like that physical profile is that good. There's the ability to be that good. I just, it's still a lot of money. It, are we sure that he's going to be cheaper than Leonard Floyd, who's a better player? Are we sure he's going to be cheaper than Khalil Mack, who sounds like he's about to hit free agency, who's probably still a better player? Like, you know what I mean? So like, at what point is it no longer worth paying Marcus Davenport because of his age and because we remember him of as a prospect? And is it worth going to get one of these other veterans for a year or two? And then, I mean, beyond that, I actually, I'll let Craig get back in here on the Marcus Davenport because I got a lot of other defensive ends to talk about. I mean, I, I don't really have anything more to add about Marcus Davenport, man. Half sack when you're playing 50% of your team snaps. Like, I know that sacks aren't everything. Pressures are king and all of that. I subscribe to that methodology, but it, there becomes a point where it does matter. <laughs> yeah. It definitely did last year. What are we year. doing with that? What the contract here is no longer undefeated. It got that put down. Well, not for Marcus. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie, so, throw some throw some more edges out there. Right. Let's go. So no, my thought is the Chiefs won't spend big here. I you already I think the Chiefs should go spend a right tackle. I think maybe you should even play a little bit in the wide receiver market, whether that's a trade or signing one of these guys we already talked about. So if that leads you into the defensive end, like mid to bottom tier, there's actually some guy Zach Allen is a name who mm -hmm. he might make the same amount as Marcus Davenport and. I don't love Zach Allen. I'm not excited that the Chiefs signed Zach Allen. He's a workman-like defensive end, defensive tackle. He's a jumbo version of Mike Dana. He's going to get you some pressures. He's going to play the run well. He's not a guy that you want leading your pass rush, but he's an option. Um, other guys, uh, Morgan Fox played with the Chargers. Same thing. It's just he's a guy that can go out. He can be your third or fourth best pass rusher on the field and produce a little bit for you. Rasheem Green, what he flirted with Kansas City last year, I think. Ended up with the Texans. He's still young, maybe ascending, but he feels like he may be stalled out. These are just these are bodies to put out there at this position. I wish Charles Omenihue just didn't get in legal trouble because he might be the most intriguing one of these low or Dwayne Smoot, who ruptured his Achilles in like the last week or in the playoffs or something. Those two guys are the most intriguing, and you have two different reasons not to go for him. One guy's coming off an Achilles injury. One guy's in some legal trouble. So it's just, it, there's some names I think that you can find under $10 million, some bargain names that can come in, eat 500, 600 snaps, give you five sacks. And you're like, oh, okay, that's not bad if you had a Frank Clark to go with them. But since right. they're just replacing Frank Clark, eh. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You want to turn over the bottom of the roster with Oboe, Okoronkwo. I mean, like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Zach Allen, Cleland Farrell, like, take stabs at young guys yeah. that. You know, even if it's on a one or a two year low money deal or something like that, you offer them a home. You say, hey, listen, Joe Cullen, we're giving you a little bit of talent. These other teams couldn't turn this talent into what they had hoped. We're giving you an opportunity to do that. I'm fine with those rolls of the dice. But yeah, I'm with Maddie. Got to have somebody that you can trust to be out there all three downs and trust to play at a high enough level on all three downs. Maybe that's Carlos Dunlap again. Maybe that's Frank back. Maybe it's one of those guys just trusting a guy to go out there and play a lot more snaps. And then you want to round out the rest of it and do it for cheaper than you did last year. I get it. And then maybe take a big swing on somebody next year. I think I could see the Chiefs trying to stabilize the position in some capacity, you know, maybe spend a little bit of money. But I do think this is one of those positions where it, I think it kind of feels like it always is. It's always unfinished throughout the whole process. Like this team is not. Um, you know, afraid, afraid is not the right word. This team 
adds late additions to the edge group all the time. They'll make a move at the trade deadline if they feel like they need it, uh, or they'll sign a trail sucks. Like they're willing to do all these things to kind of tweak that group. Carlos Dunlap was a late addition. Like I, there's plenty of these veteran pass rushers that still, you know, could get added late into the mix. Uh, you know, as you know, the compensatory formula starts be stops being a factor after the draft and stuff like that. When some of these other older veterans start kind of seeing some money, uh, or start getting the, you know, get some opportunities like that happens all the time. Carlos Dunlap, you got something else, Craig? Yeah, just real quick here. I'm seeing it a lot in the chat, and there's a lot of rumors right now because the Chargers are kind of up against it with the cap right now. Khalil Mack may end up being a little bit of a casualty there. Is he of the player to where you would look at that group with Khalil Mack? And he might be ridiculously expensive, guys. He really might. He's coming off of a big contract that he just signed with the Chargers, getting cut. He had eight sacks last year, made a Pro Bowl, played the run well. He obviously is defensive end one material, but that's also a guy that, again, against Brett Veach's typical MO for a player that he's signing, especially long-term, and if you're signing him to a one-year deal, that one-year deal is going to be really pricey. So I don't know if it's a guy that makes a ton of sense just financially for Kansas City, but does fit a lot of the rest of the criteria that we're talking about here. I don't think he has a ring yet. Mm. Last I checked, maybe he wants one. Maybe he wants a. Maybe he wants to win something for once. Maybe but he wants to win the division. I don't know. Have they, they said he's going to release for sure? No, no. Everybody just rumors, kind of right? Yeah, well, because they just redid Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's contract to keep them, but like that's getting them pretty tight. And it so, is. I mean, Quill Mack would. For what the Chiefs do, he would essentially, I think, be the best option. He gives you Leonard Floyd's level of pass rush, maybe a little bit season, but that level of pass rush with the ability of Marcus Davenport to play the run, right? He combines the best of the both worlds of the other two guys at the top. I just don't know how expensive. How old is he now? 32? He is 32. Yeah. Okay. So 32. I just don't know what that market would be, but he's definitely a guy that I would at least be considering. I mean, I would look how good Von Miller was for the Bills until he got hurt, right? Like, I don't know if I'd pay him Von Miller money because he hasn't been quite as good as Miller was before his injuries leading up to this final year, but very close. Chargers can save almost $18 million against the Cavs this year by moving on from him. I'm so ready for D tackle. Let's, we're talking D tackle. That's exactly Let's where we're go. going here. So you know, I feel like this this is undoubtedly a position the Chiefs have to either bring some people back, uh, or address in free agency. I mean, like it's Chris Jones, and that's it. I, I guess uh, Danny Shelton's technically on the roster too, but they've got to address defensive tackle with some veteran presence. This isn't a draft fix. This is a you've either got to bring the Naughties and the Colin Saunders of the world back or you've got to try to address the defensive tackle position else outside of the Chiefs ecosystem. So, Maddie, where are you where are you looking at the defensive tackle position? Start I mean, quickly. We can start at the top. Is Colin Saunders back with the Chiefs? And what do you think that does to their needs at D tackle? It's he's um, back. I back. Oh. Yeah, I, I he, think he. I think he's back, and I don't think that it moves the needle significantly, but it gives them a little bit of confidence that they can take some more gambles that maybe they wouldn't before. He gives them a higher floor. Yeah. I He's back. I think he's back on a multi-year deal uh, in some, maybe, maybe even a three-year deal. Uh, let them move that cap space around a little bit more. Um, 
and that still doesn't they still need to add more into the mix there i think personally no no i agree they need to add more regardless if Nadi comes back i i personally think you knock off the top level you don't even contemplate paying a javon hargrave because if he won he's going to want to get paid but you don't even contemplate it you don't contemplate playing uh paying a draymond jones or you're just these top end d tackles now I think there's a rational thought. You can't get a defensive end. They can go pair with Chris Jones and Rush, get a Draymond Jones, get a Javon Hargrave, and just dominate up the middle. NFL teams haven't tried it because it doesn't work, but there's at least, a, you know, you can see the path for that working. If Saunders is back, though, because I don't think Saunders is going to be dirt cheap, I think he played well enough that you are going to spend a little bit of money on him. So I think this now transitions you from looking for a like full-time starter all-around defensive tackle that can brush the passer and defend the run. Now you can find a specialist. I'm looking for Derek Nadi replacements. I'm looking for Brandon Williams replacements. I'm looking for a nose tackle, takes on blocks. With Steve Spagnuolo and Joe Cohen, you never know. There's going to be some need to penetrate and play one gap at time to time. Yeah, I got my eyes on Greg Gaines from the Los Angeles mm. Rams. He's so good. You can yeah. line him directly up over the center. Let this man fire his hands into the center, extend them, and you're not moving him. He's getting leverage. He's getting you off his chest, and he is going to own that space and get off the block when need be. But what impressed me is having a guy that stout and strong in the middle can handle combos, handle doubles. If you try to reach him on a zone play, he could backdoor you, or he can come up underneath and rip underneath and play in the backfield. This is a you know six foot one, three hundred and fifteen pound man playing as a nose tackle. He plays nose tackle like Derek Nottie did in his first and second year in the NFL, where we were getting excited by him. He has he is the progression of what Derek Nottie started his NFL career as that he kind of fell off of. That's Greg Gaines now, and like I would pay that guy in a heartbeat to come play next to Chris Jones. <laughs> Greg Gaines used to. Uh... Being the second guy on a defensive line, too. He, he would be pretty good there. I mean, yeah. I would I would love Draymond Jones. I think Draymond Jones next to Chris Jones is absolutely terrifying when it gets into dime situations. It, like, that's a nightmare for opposing teams. And he just now started for Denver. This is really the first year that he's been a full-time starter for them. He's just been really 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 good in the middle problem is he's pretty light so if you got chris you got draymond in the middle there you you don't have the kind of stoutness that you typically do i don't mind adding another three tech but draymond jones is going to cost a little bit of money and so that that's going to be a harder sell for me but i i do think uh, greg Gaines was going to be the guy that i was going to talk about as well i really like what he can bring and it gives you another option greg Gaines, colin saunders Chris Jones, and then try and find a guy. Bring Turk Wharton back if you want to. You're comfortable kicking your defensive ends inside, so you've got a floor there, but maybe bring in another guy that maybe falls a little bit in the draft. Try and take a chance on a guy maybe in early day three or late day two that you feel comfortable with that can be a little bit more of a run stuffer or a little bit more of a pass rusher and just kind of tailor your defensive line. I think that's a good enough group. I mean, clearly the star is Chris Jones. He's going to play a ton of snaps, especially like he did last year. You're going to keep riding that train for him. So I, I'm fine with just kind of taking little marginal increments and bringing back guys that are already or that were on the roster this year. Would be quite surprised if Tashawn Wharton is not back. He is a restricted free agent, so the Chiefs will likely put some kind of tender on him. <clears throat> Doubt, I highly doubt that they will associate uh, any kind of draft compensation whatsoever for him uh, because he's coming off injury. So he's not getting a second round tender. He's going to be pretty cost effective. 
Um, seven point seven million dollars is what Spot Track has uh, for for Greg Gaines Matthew. What would you? Would you? How much do was it? it? Seven point seven million dollars. Interesting. That's pr- that's a little bit higher than it was I thought earlier today. Maybe it was from a different source. Um, that's a that's a good admit for for a nose tackle. But then I go watch DJ Reader for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I don't know if Greg Gaines is DJ Reader, but my God, give me a DJ Reader esque player in the middle of this defense, please. Mm. So yeah, I would. I listen. I watched a lot of free agency guys over these this past couple days just because, you know, it's that time of year. I had a little bit of time to burn. I was in a good spot with the KCSN draft guide. I could spend some time looking at free agency. I, I got to Greg Gaines. I'm like, yeah, I was expecting to see a two-gapping nose tackle. I could not have been more impressed with just how dominant he is in the middle of that Rams defense. I get Aaron Donald's clearly the best player there, but if you just focus on Greg Gaines, there is not a single block that he went up against that he did not get the better of. You can't double team him. So yeah, I I would pay him that much money and make it work. I would see if you couldn't get him for less though. All right. Next position. uh, Whoa. Yes. I'm sorry. Shy Tuttle's another another good idea. If, uh, if you're bringing back Colin Saunders, I think Shy Tuttle's a guy that has a little bit more flash, but he's still a three tech. He's a three tech nose tackle kind of combo. He can do a little bit of both, but if you have Saunders, if you have Jones, if you have Wharton and you add a shy Tuttle to the mix, you have another young guy, younger guy that's still developing, not as stout as a Greg Gaines, probably not going to cost as much unless somebody thinks he can be a better pass rusher. He's another name to throw out there. You want to go more established. Dalvin Tomlinson is going to come in and play nose tackle, whatever you want. He's going to come in and be solid. You're going to probably pay him a little more. Just There's defensive tackles to stop the run that are available. The Chiefs do not need to skirt by by paying Derek Noddy vet minimum to come out there and have us begging them to sign Brandon Williams midseason so they can stop the run once in a while. Please mm. sign someone to play nose tackle. Like that is, It's not as important as offensive tackle or wide receiver, but you need one. And it was obvious. That's why they had to go get Brandon Williams in the middle of the year. I'm fine moving on with not moving on from Naughty if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I'm good just letting the 2018 draft lie. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Uh, clearly the best of that group. Clearly. <laughs> Safety time. Uh, Juan Thornhill's gone. I think he's probably going to get paid. Do you think the Chiefs should address the safety position in free agency, or do we think that they should try to look at adding into the draft? Because they still have Justin Reed and they have Brian Cook back. Do we think they should even try to address the safety position in free agency, Matthew? Yeah, I think. Look, you look at the Chiefs' needs. They have enough need. They only have ten draft picks. Only it's it's a lot of draft picks, but it's not quite as many as I think some people thought. And if we're going to operate under the assumption they need to go get a left tackle or maybe two tackles, you need to use some of those picks to move around. So I don't think you can sit there in the draft and be like, ah, I'll get my number three safety from the NFL draft because I have all these picks. You might have to pay someone. And the good news, the safety market, it goes top guys, maybe surprise you and get paid maybe one or two mid guys get paid. And then it's just a bunch of deals. I mean, literally deals the rest of the way. So I actually trade Boston's if you will, (laughs) a bunch of Trey Boston's coming around. If you don't need a stud, if you don't need a star and the chiefs, I think see Justin Reed is that guy. They just used a second round pick on Brian cook. So I don't even know if they're looking for a starter to pair with Justin Reed. You can get rotational guys all over the place in the in the safety room. Nasir Adderley was a draft crush of a lot of people coming out. 
never lived up to his hype for the Chargers, but he could come in there and do some single high stuff. He can come in and play the Juan Thornhill role where he plays in the occasional single high, plays as a coverage player in the deep half, makes a couple bad plays on the ball, makes a couple good plays on the ball, and just kind of lives as a third safety behind a Brian Cook and uh, a Justin Reed. There's a bunch of guys like that. I just know Adderley's a name a lot of Chiefs fans are going to be familiar with, especially, you know, there's a little bit of a Brett Veach connection there. Yeah, that that feels like a slam dunk for Brett Feach. But looking at other guys here, like you wanted to tell me they take a swing on Julian Love, uh, who played full-time for New York. I mean, a 24-year-old, a guy that Brett Feach is going to be like, hey, we see some upside here. Uh, took over for Xavier McKinney about halfway through the season after injury and ended up calling the plays in the secondary. Brett, you know, Brett Veach and Steve Spagnuolo love guys like that. They can be kind of field generals back there, can play a little bit of everything, can kick down in the slot a little bit, gives you that versatility that we've talked about a little bit before. And then obviously there's there's big names there. I don't think they're going to take a swing on Jesse Bates or Jordan Poyer, who sounds like he wants to go someplace warmer. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, I mean, if we wanted to add another safety that's going to talk plenty on Twitter, like CJ's your guy right there, but I'm not... I'm out. I, I'm not sure that that's uh, exactly what everybody's looking for, but you know, maybe a Vaughn Bell or a Jimmy Ward, if they're just looking to add another veteran. But I mean, realistically, I, I, my money would be on Nasir Adderley and maybe Julian Love as kind of buy lower candidates that still are young and have some space in front of them to develop. I just want to see Jonathan Abram in a Chiefs uniform. Why? <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you kidding me? Have you not li- he, have you not been on this show for the last five a, years? He I'm can have Daryl the Barrels jersey from when he posterized him there. Oh my! I, We're not going to get off safety talk without me saying go sign Deshaun Elliott. Uh, oh, like Deshaun that. Elliott fan for like four years now, and every time he gets a chance to play, he's been good. His his market value on spot rack now is actually ten million dollars, which I think is more than what the Chiefs would spend because he's good at football. Let's just real quick. I have more safeties. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> the uh, be- this is this is my guess for the guy they go with. Mike uh, Edwards from Tampa. He was mm-hmm. really good his first three years Ooh, in the like league that. when he was playing as the third safety behind uh, Jordan Whitehead and Antoine Winfield Jr. He had to start this past year, and the play took a slight dip back. Not a huge. He was still fine, but there was a slight dip in his play mm-hmm. having to be a full-time starter. When we're talking about a guy that needs to come in be a third safety, fill in, play deep some, play in the box some, play in the slot some, and go make plays in the football. Mike Edwards kind of might be my top guy for that kind of role. He's you know, almost 27, so he's not the youngest guy coming off his first contract, but you're not he's not a key part of this defense. Like That's a guy I kind of have my eyes on at the safety spot. All right, so here's the deal. Quarterback, running back, uh, tight end, guard, corner probably pretty well set don't see them spending a ton of money in those areas of, of you don't think they're gonna spend a running back i don't think they're a spend no i don't okay. think they're gonna I think add some okay. <laughs> yeah i think they'll add guys though like I, they don't have anyone and we all kind of run under the impression that we think clyde's probably going to get traded correct i mean do we think clyde's going to be gone or do we think they might be stuck with them they don't and, save very much money. So I think that it's got to be a right circumstance. I think that uh, that's it. I don't think that they're in love right. with him. And I think if somebody came free to where they were like, hey, we want that guy, Clyde's going to be the guy that's that's out in that scenario. But I don't think that they're like sprinting to try and get rid of him. 
Do you know who's a free agent? Jeff Wilson. I don't know who it is, but he's a free agent. <laughs> he's a good. Oh, there's rumors the Bills might cut Naheem Hines, and he's probably going to be more than the Chiefs would ever want to play it, pay it running back. But boy, would Naheem Hines taking the kick return and punt return duties and taking Jarek McKinnon's role sure be a lot of fun. You want to not see a drop off to Jarek yeah. McKinnon that the pass protection is not as good, but he's capable at it, and you just want to see a non drop off and then get like Jarek McKinnon, but with juice. That he minds if cut is just, you know, it's a wild name to think of. I, but, I really didn't do a lot of work at running back. Pacheco and but, Hines together in that backfield is, ooh, uh, frankly, that's, that, that, that's that's really, really good. Yeah. It's kind of mean. Well, yeah. maybe now I'm rooting for that now. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> since Maddie kind of covered running back, I'm going to talk corners real quick. Perfect. I think that there's a lot of guys at the cornerback position. I know everybody's looking at it and going, hey, you no, know, look, the corners are great. Man, you got two three day cor- day three corners that are going to end up playing significant snaps for you. I think you insulate yourself just a little bit there. Legereus Sneed, who knows what he's asking for for a contract. You got to be thinking for the future. There are guys in this free agent class that are probably not going to get paid as much as we think because the corner draft class is so, so good. You wanted to tell me that Brett Veach gets Rakyasin on a steal, you know, basically is paying him not that much. I could see him making that move for him. Byron Murphy is a guy that we know for a fact the, Chief, the Chiefs liked along with Rakyasin. They've got Sean Murphy bunting out there, a guy that we know the Chiefs like. Brett Veach loves collecting players that he rated very, very highly when it came time for the draft that maybe don't quite work out for the teams that they are. I'm not condoning spending $10, $11 million for any of these guys, and Byron Murphy may end up getting that because he had a really good year this year. But if you told me that they could bring Rocky Asin in for 5 or $6 million, I think they absolutely would and throw them out there to compete with those young guys. Give yourself the floor that you maybe don't have otherwise. I think this is a position where they could spend just a little bit of money and potentially get a guy that they feel very comfortable with, maybe enough so to kick Trent McDuffie to the slot and move on from Legereus need in the future. Maddie, do you want to speed round tight end before we go? Or is, is there really anything you want to talk about the tight end position? Uh, I think we can talk about fullback. They don't have a fullback. Michael Burton's, Burton's a he's a free agent right now and it's not working listen the fullback trap's not working we're over here blaming Trey Smith what if it's a fullback problem what if the issue is with the fullback so you know who's a free agent Trevon John love it okay we saw Trevon Wesco oh. we saw this guy what was it, the senior bowl I believe it was pretty fun little h-back type guy you know he can come in and throw his big body around but he can also get you want to see some more sherman down the sideline diving catches trevon wesco might be your guy to do that um you know Derek watt that's expensive for a fullback he's getting a little old but he's good so there's some fullback talk uh tight end i promise the people every position kent this is your bad you did i don't know why you promised that you didn't need to i'll peel back the curtain right now we'll have a 10 minute conversation about how we got here <laughs> I I see no reason to add one of these tight ends. I think if you need an extra tight end, you can just go ahead and snag one in a good draft class. The Chiefs have uh, Blake Bell, I believe, is a free agent, but Noah Gray's clearly entrenched as tight end too. Jody Fordson is still around. I think 
we're maybe done with the experiment. Like there's still a use for them, but maybe we're done with the experiment. So if they really do want to keep increasing their tight end value, probably go draft one. If you want to, if you can find a good deal on Max Williams was a really good college player. Maybe he comes in for a vet minimum and, you know, hangs around for a little while, somebody like that. But I don't have a big read on tight end kit. What about a backup quarterback? Do you have any backup quarterbacks on your radar? I don't know if I have a ton of backup quarterbacks on my radar. Like I think the one um, Gardner Minshew's the fun one, but I think he's going to be too expensive. So it's like, how do you like how do you assess how much the team is actually going to spend at the quarterback position? Are they gonna Are they gonna get a a Marcus Mariota? Like, what's Marcus Mariota's market? I could see them doing something like that. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'll be surprised if they. I'll, I'll kind of be surprised if they spend and, and sign one of their backups soon. Like, I think that could be one of those things where they wait a little bit uh, before they actually get one of these guys in, into the building, just kind of see how the market plays out. So I'm kind of interested in that. I think that's all of the positions. Uh, Buddy, there's one left. How dare you cut Craig's favorite position? <sighs> Craig? Do they think, will the Chiefs add a linebacker? Chiefs are definitely not adding a linebacker. They are set at linebacker. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the KC Laboratory brought to you by Emprise Bank. Thank you all for coming. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.